Kentucky basketball did not look ready to play and what is the most embarrassing loss I think we're going to see from the Cats this season. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's shocking loss to UNC Wilmington, 80-73 to was the final score. Wildcats got close in this one in the second half, but eventually the Seahawks just simply pulled away. Going to talk about the bad from this one, obviously. Going to talk about the couple of bright spots. Talk about the maturity of this team and kind of a, of a, refl- a reflection on what I had to say post-game uh, after we beat Miami. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen Every single day, I want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. The first thing that I want to say here, recapping this one, and I'm not going to touch on it too much uh, after this until we till we get to other losses throughout the schedule, is this is not good for Kentucky's resume, their NCAA tournament resume. They have lost two in the John Calipari era. They have lost to three different teams that were outside the top 100 in Ken Palm. 2020 versus Evansville. 2023 versus South Carolina, and now this one. Back-to-back years where you've lost to a, to- a team that is outside the top 100 on Kimpom. Not a good look for Kentucky basketball tonight, and it's going to definitely hurt their resume unless UNC Wilmington somehow can have a really strong uh, really strong conference uh, conference slate, and if they beat Arkansas on the road, and here, here in just a few weeks, but um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. So just a really bad loss for Kentucky basketball today. Uh, not good for their resume. Let's go ahead and dive into what we saw throughout this contest. I think the first thing that you have to, to acknowledge is the effort in which Kentucky played. Without DJ Wagner on the floor, Kentucky did not play with what felt like a ton of effort. They did not put a ton of effort into their game in the first half, and it looked sloppy. It looked out of sorts. The pace was just all over the place. Um, Kentucky could not find a way to settle down. They had, I believe, like nine or ten turnovers in the first half. They shortened that in the second. Um, but holy cow, uh, Kentucky's offense looked completely different than what we've seen throughout the entire season so far. It was inefficient. It was sloppy. It was all over the place. And it was just bad. It was just straight up bad. And there's not necessarily one individual that you can point to. Rob Dillingham went Rob Dillingham went one of nine in this game. He had three assists to four turnovers. He also had four personal fouls. A couple of them I thought were bull crap. Um, Antonio Reeves Antonio Reeves actually didn't have a bad game offensively. He just fouled out. Reed Shepard took 17 shots. Um, he did make nine of them. He finished above 50%. He was also three of six from beyond the arc. Had six assists, two steals. Um, did have three turnovers. Had nine rebounds. He was easily the best player in this game for the Wildcats, at least. Justin Edwards was 4-14, 0-5 from three. Doesn't shock me, considering how he's played offensively to begin the year. Adu Thiero, 2-4. Trey Mitchell, 
Only took five shots in this game, was two of five. Missed two crucial free throws in this one. Crucial, crucial free throw that he missed. He's missed a couple of big free throws late in games this year that have really not helped Kentucky at all. Um, You didn't play well. 40% from the floor, 29.4% from deep. You would have expected Kentucky to come out in the second half and to assert themselves, and they did take the lead at one point. But UNC Wilmington just came right back. Uh, Just a dry spell for Kentucky's offense at different points in this game. And you've got to be able to figure out what you're doing consistently. And I know I've said it on a lot of recent episodes where Kentucky has kind of played random offensively, and it's really led to um, creation from their different guards. And it's allowed different guys to score. It's allowed the guards themselves to find ways to score. uh, And it's been fun. And then you have games like this, and it's just like, okay, what exactly are we doing here in the first half? Just a really, really sloppy, out-of-control game um, from Kentucky. And then a lot of fouls, a lot of ticky-tack fouls, I think, in this one. We're not going to blame the officials in this, but I put out a tweet of why Kentucky lost, pretty much. And this is going to be kind of the theme of the, the recap today. It was bad shot selection, rushed offense, led to turnovers, You had a lack of discipline on the defensive end. You couldn't finish finish possessions, and the officiating was really, really freaking bad. And also, you missed DJ Wagner. This is is a really bad loss for Kentucky, really bad loss for the resume. It's It's still not the end of the world, but goodness gracious, Kentucky could have pulled themselves together at various points in this one, and they just couldn't. They just straight up couldn't. Rob Dillingham has been really, really good for Kentucky. And I actually pre-recorded an episode that's going to go up next week talking about who's the best guard for Kentucky. Statistically, it is Rob Dillingham in terms of assist rate, turnover percentage, and an effective field goal percentage. And also how how often he gets to touch, to touch the ball, use the ball in possessions. He is technically the best player, best point guard, rather, Kentucky has. But I also said to not discount what the other guards are doing for the Wildcats. What what Justin Edwards, or excuse me, what Reed Shepard is doing, what Antonio Reeves is doing, what DJ Wagner is doing. And I said in that episode, and you're going to hear it here in a few days, Kentucky, while they have DJ Wagner playing a lot, he's not shooting the ball particularly well, but his value on the defensive end is incredible. He has a very, very strong presence on the defensive end. And it was sorely missed, I think, in this game. Because you look... At the guards for UNC Wilmington, they were able to kind of put it on Kentucky and do whatever they want, did whatever they wanted to at different points in this one. They drove the ball to the hole and they scored with floaters, a lot of different floaters close to the rim. Um, They knocked down tough contested twos. They hit their threes in the first half. They shot 35.5% when they typically shoot 31 on the year. I mean, it was just a very tough game. White had 27 points on 9 of 16 shooting and was 8 of 13 from the line. He got he got to the foul line and they scored. Phillips had 13 points. Newby had 15 points. It was it was just it was those three guys that really carried it for them. And they consistently uh, got to the line. They didn't shoot a, a particularly. Uh, uh, oh, they didn't shoot a high percentage. But those guys hit shots when it mattered especially in the first half, they got out and just hit. Just tough shots, and then shots that were open that Kentucky didn't contest very well. So it's just, it's it's brutal. It's just, it's just brutal. You know Kentucky, I think, I think Kentucky, this is not a hot take, 
the Wildcats are a good team. From top to bottom, they are a more talented team, whatever, however you want to quantify that, than the majority of the teams on their schedule. And today, the Seahawks hit their shots. They got to the foul line. They rebounded. And Kentucky had a very poor day offensively. And the officials were also not good. The officiating was was bad, but that's not the reason Kentucky lost. It was the offense that that it was the offense. That's why Kentucky lost. Because you can survive and win a game with a team shooting forty three percent from the floor and sixty five percent from the foul line. You cannot survive shooting twenty nine percent from three and forty percent from the floor yourself. You can't survive being down a, a a guard and having to play a seven man rotation. You can't sit here and say. Yeah, this was this was completely on the defense or on officiating. This was the offense, and um, I, I'm not quite sure what Kentucky's goal here was because it was sloppy in that first half. It was egregious. Easily the worst I've seen Kentucky look this year. Just brutal. So we'll continue along here, try and talk about the positives and negatives, where to step forward here. The maturity of this team is something I want to get to. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. The weather here is getting colder, much like Kentucky uh, from beyond the arc and this game against UNC Dub. Uh, but the NFL offers stay hot over on FanDuel because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is literally no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. I love it. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more on top of that. So you need to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off your NFL season. That is FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, continuing along here on the Saturday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Kentucky loses to UNC Wilmington. Just a bad, bad loss, uh, an unexpected loss. Kentucky drops from number 12 to number 20 in the Kim Palm rankings. Their offense drops from third to sixth, and their defense drops from 56th to 66th. It's just a mediocre defense for Kentucky basketball this season. Very similar to the, the, the defense the Wildcats had a season ago. Obviously, the offense is significantly better. But Kentucky goes from being projected to go 23-8 and to 21-10. and Two losses added to the schedule now following this loss to UNC Wilmington. I pre-recorded a few episodes that are going to go up next week because I will be out of town for medical reasons. But I said in one of those episodes, win or lose to UNC Wilmington, this game and then the game against Penn are games where you have to step up and find ways to mature. You have to be able to, in the close moments, find ways to get stops and finish your defensive possessions. Something else that I said in that episode is talking about how Kentucky closes out. They don't put their freaking hands up sometimes on defense. They sit there and they get up on their player on their matchup and then they just expect them to drive. They expect them to go to the rim. Why? Not quite sure. Part of it, maybe the answer lies within how they closed out this game against the Seahawks, but it, it, it was a confusing 
first half in that regard, it was confusing against Miami, who's one of the best three-point shooting teams in the nation. Why you wouldn't want to put your hand up more often is, is weird, especially considering you're not giving up height. You're not giving up physicality at the rim. I think you're fine. Um, Kentucky in this one um, was very content to just like let UNC Wilmington at various points shoot over them. And the Seahawks didn't hit at like an insanely high rate, but they hit enough. They hit enough to clutch this one out. And then late in the game, you're trying to hold them off the three-point line. And you did you just you can't you can't pack it in. Kentucky's defense, when they tried to, just it didn't work. You know what would be really nice? What would be very beneficial for UK is getting Uganda and Yenzo back because then you can have somebody that's seven foot with a little bit of weight on him that can protect the rim maybe a little bit better because you weren't playing Aaron Bradshaw late in that game and Trey Mitchell's not getting it done consistently. And I don't think his defense is bad per se. It's just not what Kentucky wants. So your defense in this one did have some issues. You had some problems. But again, I, I want to go back to this is an offensive theme thing. And let's talk about the, the maturity that like the, the, the step forward for this 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 squad. Because after Miami, what we sat here and talked about was was really interesting. We talked about how we were excited, we were thrilled that Kentucky won, but I spent the entire final segment reminding you guys what I said at the beginning of the year. This team is going to be a highlight reel. They're going to be very fun to watch. They're going to be fun offensively. They're going to run up and down the court and they're going to score. And they're going to be they're going to be entertaining. It will be an entertaining season. But I said that that doesn't necessarily equate to wins. That doesn't mean you're going to go and win all of the games that you play because there will be down moments like this one where you have to regroup and you just have to get back at it and chuck your shots up next game. You have to get back at it, run up and down the court and find ways to score the next game. Kentucky, I think they're only this, most of this squad is only eight games into their college career. They're only eight, eight games in. They will find ways to mature and progress as the season goes on. But right now, they're still very, very young. And at the end of the season, they'll still be young. They'll find ways to, re, to, to gather themselves and to move forward after this. I think, I think, and that's where the maturity comes in. What do you look like against North Carolina? What do you look like against Louisville? What do you look like against Florida? Those are going to be big Big tests for for the for this young team. And then offensively, in order to get back on track, I think you've got to talk about your shot selection. You can play fast, you can play chaotic, you can play fun. What you can't do is you can't go one of nine or one of ten from the mid-range. And I love to have these conversations with you guys. Because some of you like to misconstrue what I have to say about shot selection. The mid-range shot statistically is an inefficient shot relative to shots at the rim or beyond the arc. That is not debatable. That is a statistical fact. That is objective. Okay? There is nothing wrong with taking mid-range shots at a certain volume within your offense. There is a problem whenever that is a focal point of your offense as opposed to a more 
efficient shot, a higher probability shot, either directly at the rim or beyond the arc. What I don't like to see from a team that has guards that can shoot the three is players pulling up in that mid-range area and consistently missing at a at a and they are hitting at a lower rate than they would from 3 because the math is not difficult 3 points at a statistically higher probability is a better shot than 2 points at a lower probability that that, that makes perfect sense there there is no disconnect there is no argument there is no conversation 3 points is more than two. If you make three points more than you make two, you take the three points more often unless you are directly at the rim. So you can sit here and have conversations about whether or not, goodness gracious, you would not believe the amount of trucks that come through this area that just sound like, anyway. You can take all the shots you want at the rim and all the shots you want from beyond the arc. Great, fine, perfect. But you have to limit the amount of things that you do from the mid from the mid range, because if you take too many, you're not. If you hit the same amount or better from beyond the arc, you're not helping yourself. So, I'm all for having creativity and and a fresh looking offense. I'm all I'm all for something different than what Cal has done. But I'm not saying that you have to completely erase what you've done in the past. You just can't have it be what you, what the what you can't have it be even a third of your shot selection. You can't. In order to have a better shot in games where you are in a shooting slump, you can't be taking all these mid-range things and these floaters outside of the paint. It's ridiculous. And you missed a lot of shots in the floating up floating them up in the paint too. We haven't even talked about that. Get to the rim. Get to the rim. It, it, it's it's not that hard. There, it's okay to take a mid-range shot every once in a while. It's not okay to take 15 and make one of them, which according to Sean Vinzel of Hoops Insight is what Kentucky did today. They went 1 of 15 from the mid-range. I counted 12, 10 or 12, if you if you want to get technical with like what's right there outside the paint. But still, it is in that mid-range area. You got to be better. You got to be better with your shot selection because this team has the personnel to do better from further away. So that's my thought on the offense. That's my thought on the strength here um, of this team. I think they need to figure out what they want to do there because reverting to what has been not working, by the way, I want to be clear, it's not been working for Kentucky over the past couple of seasons. That's, That's not what this team needs to do. So what do we do moving forward? I want to kind of reiterate what I said against uh, after the Miami, Miami game and I said a minute ago. You're going to have your ups and downs. You're going to have fun. You're going to score points. You're going to have players on this team that you love. And it's going to be a good season. But you are not going to do anything in the NCAA tournament unless you improve in two different areas unless you improve defensively all around from a season ago, you have to be better defensively. And then your guard play has to be much more consistent. The guard play, I don't think is going to be consistent this year. I said that at the beginning of the year, 
And through these through first eight games, I've continued to say, hey, the shooting is going to go down. You are not going to shoot, Reed Shepard, 66% from the floor and 66% from three for the rest of the year. Rob Dillingham is not shooting above 50% from three for the rest of the season. These numbers will go down. They will go down, and that's fine. You are not expecting these kids to play like uh, to play immortal. You are not expecting these kids to, to play perfectly. It's okay. The numbers will go down. But at least finding a baseline consistency would be really nice. You have to find room between Wagner's one of whatever it was against Kansas and then whatever he shot against Marshall where he dropped 28 points. You have to find room somewhere between Rob Dillingham's insane game against Kansas and then one of nine against UNC Wilmington. You have to find a floor where you don't completely fall apart every third or fourth game. And then every third or fourth game, you go ballistic. You have to find a comfort zone. You have to find somewhere in the middle where you can rest and say, okay, I'm going to consistently shoot this amount instead of having really good games randomly and really, really bad games at, at random as well. I don't know if we're going to get that this season. I also don't know if we're going to get better defense. I would like to assume inserting guys like Bradshaw into the lineup and getting guys like you go back will improve that. I think the seven-footers will make this team better. There's an episode coming on that soon. But as of right now, you got to regroup. You got to refocus. You got to figure th- something out here because this did not work. It just, it, it did not work. So if you've got any thoughts on Kentucky basketball's loss to UNC Wilmington, you got any thoughts on their offense, their defense, the, all of it was bad, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all on Monday for another episode. Have a great rest of your day and God bless. Thank you.